Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. it's because it once told me it took me 15 minutes to tell somebody the time apparently I have a tendency to to waffle but um, I'm um, I think I frightened David when he said are you all right for the 15 minutes I said I think you said 50 David (laughs) but um, there's an American musician um, called Buddy Green and he wrote a song called and it goes the, the one verse in it goes something like this it just came to me when Richard was speaking earlier There's a river of refreshment running from God's throne, a fountain filled with mercy, found in Christ alone. Holy Spirit, flood the channel of my life today and flow over to other lives, I pray. And that's my prayer for all of us, that we we go away from here full and overflowing. It's great what Simon bought of the the Holy Spirit. Um, As I sought God and prayed and, and thought about what I was going to share with you, this morning, Um, the ABC of Overflow is the title title of my talk. So I want to, most of you I guess, some of the younger people don't, perhaps don't drive, but you're driving down a road and there's a a narrowing and there's there's cars want to come the other way. So you, being the polite British uh, Christian person, obviously pull in, flash your headlights and allow allow the cars to come through. And then... There's not the formal wave, thank you. And the, the well of grace has run a little bit low. And I guess, I guess like me, you feel a little bit peeved at this. doesn't do anything to, to raise your hand and, and, and say thank you, does it? Well, for those of you that don't know, I drive a 32-ton bin lorry for a living. And, and yeah, I'm the one that's holding you up on your way to work in the morning, sorry. You, you need to get up earlier. <laughs> but I do my utmost to break the mould and, and allow traffic by when I can, you know, uh, we've got a job to do as well. And yes, when I don't get the thank you, it's a little bit, uh, you know, I'm in a 32-ton bin lorry, you ought to be grateful I've let you through, really. So we all night, my A is for acknowledged. Thank you, Tim. Acknowledged. We all like to be acknowledged. We the opposite to being acknowledged is to be ignored, and nobody wants to be ignored. And the, fir- the first step for me to overflow into the world we live in, the places we go in, is to acknowledge people. The best person I know acknowledging people is, is my wife, but she's not too hot on coming up and speaking to people. So I, I, uh, But we, we, our current house we've lived in for less than two years, and the connections we've made in the community are mainly down to Maria acknowledging people, just simply saying hello, simply inviting people for a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, having a biscuit at the school gate, wherever. Actually, our children are brilliant. They're the best evangelists in Market Harbour because uh, they can't keep quiet, for those of you that know them. But acknowledging people is really important. Now, guys, I think I want to challenge you because as I was preparing this speech, God challenged me. Do I acknowledge people? And there's two places where... I, don't, I won't say I go too much, but um, 
I go to take the kids to school at least once a week because I, I don't work on Mondays. And um, school playgrounds are a scary place for dads, I think, sometimes because they're all full of group, groups of mums that have their little cliques, it seems, and it's kind of hard. And I'm praying Andy White's there, so I've got a bloke to talk to. But God challenged me, you know, and, I, and I'm prayerfully, which is, the, you know, the key, looking for inroads to talk to people and looking for dads that... Uh, our biggest battle against acknowledging people is, is headphones and, and devices because, you know, we stood like that. But we, we can. We've got God on our side. We can break past the barrier of the phone and the, and the headphones. The, the other place which I go to occasionally, although they probably wouldn't notice, is the gym. And that, <laughs> that's a really hard place to acknowledge people because they're so focused in their, in their little world of, of getting stuff. But since, you know, in the last few weeks, as, when I've gone, I've just prayed before, I, as I'm walking down there, and then, Lord, just help me to acknowledge someone, help me to talk to someone, help me to, and it's, it's happened, you know, I've not shared my testimony, I've not um, got people on an alpha course yet, not even got people back home for a cup of tea or coffee, but I know it's the start, it's the gateway to, to sharing the gospel with people, acknowledging people, and we can all do it, we don't have to be great extrovert personalities with, um, my wife isn't, she'll be the first, first to tell you that, but she's great at acknowledging people. And so I, I want to encourage you to acknowledge people, especially, especially guys, especially in this world where we're so up against, you know, loneliness, people are battling stuff and, and hiding. We actually met a girl, a lady on our estate and through dog walking. Dogs are great, get a dog, because people acknowledge you if you've got a dog. Dog evangelism, it's the way forward. <laughs> But we, we, we've met this lady called um, Elaine, and she's Irish, not, she's lovely, and she's very bubbly sometimes, but I think, you know, she's, she struggles with stuff, and she, she wears headphones, and she actually confessed to us, as we've got to know her, as, as, we've, as she's opened up and let down some of the barriers, that she doesn't listen to music, she just wears the headphones, because she doesn't want to talk to anybody, but... She's told us that. She's opened, she's lowered the barriers and, and we've been able to share with her and, and she comes around for a cup of tea and we know, you know, we're praying for Elaine, we're connecting her with other Christians around and that's how it starts. That's the first step. That's, that's the A. We can all do that, can't we? It's great to acknowledge the guy at the front as well. We can all do that, can't we? Yay! <laughs> Brilliant. So, B... I thought Richard had stolen my notes this morning when he went about Abraham and blessing, but B is for bless. We can all bless people, like Richard reminded us this morning when God called Abraham in, in the beginning, in, in Genesis, he blessed him to be a blessing. And, and God hasn't changed, he doesn't change, he doesn't need to change, he blesses us to be a blessing, that we can be a blessing to others. And you know, it's, it's, it's not difficult. It's not, we can't, we don't have to put on great expansive meals and, and, and dress up. We can invite people down the coffee shop if our homes are in a bit of a state. You know, it doesn't matter. We need to be real with folk. We live in a real world with real people and real problems. And unless we're acknowledging and blessing and giving what God's given us, it, that is the overflow. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Luke 638, give and it will be given to you. Yeah. Pressed down, squashed in. I think squashed in's my version actually, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, good measure, shaken together and running over, overflowing. Yeah. It's as we give that God gives to us. Yeah. And and we can 
blesses God so much when we give. Absolutely thrills him. As, as I was preparing, a few weeks ago, we had a joint birthday party for our three children. Their birthdays are spread throughout the year, and we thought rather than go through the whole palaver three times, we just <laughs> bung, bunged it in and had a great big party. But, and it was great. But, but they all came home with like, lo, lots of presents and, and like, full of cake and stuff like that. And Lily, our oldest daughter, she, we've over, you know, we, she's not the most generous of, <laughs> she wants, uh, maybe all children are like that, but Summer and Bobby are a little bit more apt to share, but we've really um, had to encourage Lily that, you know, it's good to share things with your brother and sister, and, it, and it, I dare say it goes on for, you know, until, until they're much bigger. Anyway, so they opened some of their presents after this party, and Lily had got two presents, pretty identical, and there were loads more presents to open. She was thrilled with them. And I was thinking, oh, I'll have to talk to her later because, you know, I know Maria was thinking the same and encourage her that maybe she'd share and give one to, to Summer. And we thought, we'll, we'll put, park that on the back burner and let them open some more presents. Suddenly, out of the blue, Lily came and said, is it okay if I give this to Summer? And, and it thrilled our hearts. It was only the next morning when I was, when I was thinking it through and, and preparing some of this about giving that, that God reminded me that's just a, a, a smidgen of how God is thrilled when we bless each other, when we give to each other. And, and it's not, you know, actually the most valuable commodity we have is our time. And in this world where we're busy with our devices and our, and our earphones and, and what, whatever, people are rushing about. And we're rushing about, we're busy, but actually to give someone some time is I found where I work amongst the guys that I work with actually is the most valued thing ever. If we just sit and listen, our ears, our time, we don't have to have wonderful words of wisdom like these two girls have shared and um, the brilliant testimony last night from, from Eve. This, this, this is how it happens. We, we, we acknowledge, we bless, we give time, we, we give whatever God tells us to give, hopefully. And... Um, and God does the rest. He doesn't call us to, to know everything and to, to do everything. Does um, anybody like peanut butter? Right, brilliant. Cru crunchy? There is only one peanut butter, crunchy. Um, has anybody not tried Skippy crunchy peanut butter? No, this lady here in the stripy top. Sorry, what's your, what's your name? I'm Hillary. Hello, Hillary. I'm Dave. Hello, I'd like Dave. to bless you with this. It's the best crunchy peanut butter in the world. You will enjoy it. That, that's really how easy it is to acknowledge someone, to meet somebody. I can't remember a name already because I'm rubbish with names. But, <laughs> but my wife will because God's blessed me with a wife that remembers names. Hillary. Phew. Praise the Lord. Good stuff. There's an old hymn we used to sing. Um, His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power, no boundaries known unto man. Out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. We, we, we belong to a God and we, we serve a God that has no limits, that love has no measure, that power has no boundaries. It's incredible. And, and he just called us just to be ourselves among the communities we're in at the school gates, in the universities, in the schools, in the, with the dustbin men, with the nurses, with the teachers, and giving and loving, acknowledging, blessing. That, that's the easy bit. Now we come to see. Um, Matthew <laughs> 10, 32. 
says, if you confess me before men, so C is for confess, thank you Tim, you're a blessing, <laughs> good man, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven, so when we've acknowledged, when we've blessed, there will come a time where we need to confess, and, and I'm only reiterating what these two smashing sisters have uh, started, that we do need to speak, but I, I believe that there's power released in heaven when we confess the name of Jesus. I believe it because it says it in his word, and his word's true, and, and it's proved to be true, and it's not easy. It's not easy. People think, oh, it's all right for you, you're an extrovert, and you're an evangelist, and, and no, I, I fail more times than I, than, than I succeed in bringing up the conversation about Jesus. I, I work with, with Binman that most often I hear the name of Jesus, it's, it's blasphemous, and a lot of them are, are coming around and apologising and realising the, the importance of that name to me, but more often than not, you know, forgive me God, I, I let it go, you know, I think, well, that's, that's how they are, but there is enormous power released in heaven as we talk about Jesus, as we just bring his name into the conversation. It is life transforming and I've challenged myself to do more, to, to bring Jesus into the conversation. Um, I got the opportunity some years ago to, to share the gospel with a, a work colleague and, and she was really troubled, um, I guess depression and stuff, she was a up and down sort and, and sort of befriended and I had different conversations and she knew I was a Christian but came the time over a cup of tea after work one evening and I, I just knew it was time to share the truth of the gospel and maybe five minutes into just sharing what I believed about Jesus, what I believed about his word, what I believed why the world was in, in a mess and she, she put her hands over her ears and she said David, I, I really like you and I, I like talking to you, but I really cannot hit, listen to what you've got to say. And she ran. She ran out of the room. Now, that was nothing to do with me. That's the power of God. That's something released in heaven because I was telling this lady about Jesus. And so the darkness in her didn't want it. And we've got an enemy that doesn't, that will do everything in his power to stop us from talking about Jesus. And they're, they're, they're a great gateway. Yes, it's good to talk about church. It's good to bring in the conversation about the weekend and, and, and encourage and exhort one another. But um, there's nothing quite like talking about Jesus. Talk among yourselves, right? Water. Wonderful. Because no other life has had such an impact on the planet how can a, can a first century carpenter that, uh, that died when he was 30 have had such an impact on the planet? There's, people have got to come to the decision, who, like Peter, who do you say that I am? He confessed and it made all the difference. No other life has had an impact on my life as Jesus Fifteen years ago today, I was, um, I'd been born again, and I was in a prison cell, and I had nothing. I was in Leicester Prison, and I was recovering from a drug addiction. And 15 years later, God has blessed my socks off. I have got... Uh, hallelujah. And praise God. 
And I came, I came out of that prison with nothing but a belief and a faith that God loved me and God loves this world. And, and it's not about physical blessings. I have been blessed incredibly. I've got a beautiful wife, three beautiful children, a lovely home, and, and an incredible family. Look at you all. And, uh, but I've got a peace and a joy and a hope that's in here that, that, no, that I had while I was still in a prison cell. I was free. I, we have, and we have that same peace, that same hope, that same knowledge of Jesus that this world is so desperate, so hungry for. This world... You don't have to go far out the door where your neighbours, the people you're working with, the people you're sharing your schools with, that, that so desperately need to know light and truth and hope and peace and love. And there's only one man, as far as I know, that ever walked this planet that said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And that is Jesus Christ, our Saviour, our God, our Creator, who will never leave us and never forsake us who will, as we come to him and hunger and thirst for him, because I know, because I do, fill us. The river of refreshment flowing from God's throne, a fountain filled with mercy, found in Christ alone. Holy Spirit, flood the channel of our lives today and flow over to other lives, I pray. Thank you for listening to me. And that's only two out of three. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Amelia. And now we're going to invite Beth Guy, if she would come and share with us. Let's give Beth a really warm welcome. I'm really excited to share with you today all that God has done in me. Three years ago, I'm going to start off all that he did in me and bring it up to now and how I'm overflowing to my friends and my colleagues. So I'm going to take us on a little journey back to 2015, and that was the, the year I was saved. I had become friends with some colleagues who were just simply themselves and knew what they believed in, and that was Jesus. So from living their lives um, and being my friend, they truly revealed him to me in a way that previous Christians that I'd met hadn't. So they really shone to me. So a few months later, I gave my life to Jesus, and I remembered it clearly sitting in my friend Kerry's car, 20 minutes or so after giving my life to the Lord. It was as if my eyes had truly been opened. The people that were walking the streets, they were in the shops, just going about their everyday lives. It was as if they could, I could see into their souls, into their spirits, that their body was just the exterior and that there was so much more inside of them. But they looked as if they were on the other side. Now, I was sat in the car, so on the sense they were the other side, but um, it was as if they were in a dark place and I was in light. Um, and I really knew that they were just an arm's reach away from me. So I had this overwhelming sensation to just reach out to them and pull them towards me, away from their gloomy, grey, everyday life. And I wanted them to see what I was seeing, to experience what I felt and what I felt they were missing out on, and that was Jesus. I felt completely free. My eyes were now open, that overwhelming sensation of peace and love, which was really funny as 20 minutes before this, I was like, oh God, do I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can give my life to you. It was a massive decision, and I knew it was going to just transform my life. Um, so I remember being sat in the car, and as we went to go and pick my uh, friend's husband up from work, it was in complete silence, and I was staring at all the people around me, just, oh, gosh, couldn't believe what was going on. And my friend, Kez, she turned to me and asked if I was okay. And this barrel of mixed emotions just rose up inside of me again. I said, Kez, we need to tell them about Jesus. We need to tell them, just come. And she just went, 
okay, you weirdo, locking the car door, <laughs> driving off. Um, so this was the beginning of my journey. I put myself in a place of obedience to all that God says. And the very first thing he tells us to do is to be baptized in water. So the very next day, I rocked up to All Nations Church in Cardiff, early in my swimming kit, ready to be dunked. Right before the meeting started, T, I'm sure you all know who he is, he yanked me up from my seat and he asked me to tell everybody why my hair was so wet. And it was, um, it was in uh, April, no, it was in March, just the end of March, beginning of April, and it was chucking it down, as you can imagine, in Wales, always raining. So I obviously reminded him, well, it's wet outside, T, that's why my hair's so wet. And everybody found this funny, but in the midst of everybody laughing, I just had that overwhelming emotion come up inside of me again. Um, which I have learned uh, that it's the Holy Spirit giving me that little tug to move into action or to say something. So what came out of my mouth next was what my declaration has been to this very day and will be all the days of my life. And I simply said, I've given my whole entire life to Jesus. Sorry. (laughs) Shortly after, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit And this took a little longer as it took my mind that extra bit of time just to come into alignment with his kingdom. But the moment that I was, I I knew that I had been clothed with power. We read in the Bible that we are made in God's image. Beautiful. That he loves us. We're a work in progress. But above all these great things, he tells us in Acts 2 that he will fill us with his Holy Spirit. It says in Galatians 3 that we we who are baptized into Christ are clothed with Christ. So from being filled with power and clothed in love, this is simply what I choose to believe in and walk in every day. I'm going to use my workplace as my demonstration to you and how I overflow to the people around me because of the Holy Spirit. So the people I work with, this including the adults and the children, are drawn to Christ in me. Some are put off and don't come near me. And as much as I want everybody to know and who Jesus is and to be saved, I take this in my stride as it helps me see and hear the harvest, to know who is close to God and simply needs introducing to him. However, that doesn't stop me from sowing seeds to those who I feel are a little bit further away. As some of the people around me are drawn to me, all I have to remember is to be myself and to tune into what the Holy Spirit is saying. Now, this can be challenging at times in my job. For those of you who don't know me, or what I do. I work in a special needs school in early years, foundation stage. I have 10 children in my classroom and they don't stop. (laughs) They are like crazy ants running around everywhere, climbing the walls and the ceilings. So take that picture and just try to relax yourself in the calm, still voice of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) But he knows all this. He's bigger than the business of my work life. So he talks through me without me even realizing. He moves me to demonstrate him in my actions, the way that I am with the children when they're climbing on the ceilings, the way that I respond to pressures from colleagues or decision-making in the heat of the moment when the children are all climbing on the ceilings. They don't really do that. I mean, they try to, but I'm an absolute ninja, and I have recently learned that I am faster than Usain Bolt and get their way before them. But from the busyness of my work, I feel the Holy Spirit calling me to listen to him. If I do have a quiet moment in work, it's usually if I've escaped to go to the toilet. Some may call this a skive. I definitely don't skive. I just run away. During these times, 
he tells me to pray over and into whatever the situation may be. And boy, does he always deliver. I do a lot of reflecting and talk with God about how my day has gone, conversations I've had, actions I've made. And he gives me the directions from there. That could be from reaching out a little bit more to a colleague who finds it so funny that her neighbour goes to church and has invited her. And now I have invited her to church and it's, oh, what a coincidence. (laughs) But I know that she too will have what happened to me and that her eyes will one day be opened. So I trust in all these little seeds being sown. I'm open with my colleagues when they ask questions that they feel are a little bit forward. And you give them an answer that is so abnormal to them. They just go completely silent. And you see them thinking over all that you have said. Um, I want to encourage you with you. um, When you've shared anything to do with the kingdom of God with someone who isn't saved, and there's that really long silent which feels like they're totally judging you, or that makes you feel like you've really scared them off, I want to encourage you not to feel like that. Um, You don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing in them in that very moment. I tend not to try and fill the gap. I allow God to do his work. Obviously, if he tells you to say something, then please do. Um, But I just generally just don't try and fill that awkward silence. And I discovered this after talking with my friend Norbs once I had given my life to Jesus. We were reflecting on the discussions that we previously had. And there was this time when we were walking to the staff room one morning um, at break time. And I just filled, I didn't really know her, so I just filled that, you know, that awkward silence and just asked her what she'd been doing that weekend. And she just went, oh, I've been hanging out with some friends. And then I went to church yesterday morning. Um, at this point, I went completely silent. And I was obviously very unaware that it was silent, but she thought that it was just, oh, gosh, Beth's not going to, she's not interested. Um, but at this moment, the Holy Spirit began a work in my mind and in my heart and started taking me on a journey of where he had been previously, of um, experiences I'd had. And I think had my friend tried to fill that awkward silence, I don't know where my mind would have been distracted to. Um, So my encouragement to you is when you do share um, anything to do with Jesus with your friends or anybody, don't feel like they're running miles away because they're probably not. So I feel that he calls me to spend time alone with him at home. I know that he delights in the fact that I come to him, ready to thank him and praise him. I know he gets excited when I read the word. I know that he loves it when I partner with him in praying over and into situations and into people's lives, coming into alignment with his great plan. He also calls me to fast regularly, which causes me to come back to him and ask the Holy Spirit what breakthrough that we're working through together. And I absolutely love seeing the outcome. I make a choice every day to surround myself with things of his kingdom that will only bring me good. I like listening to worship music. I love waking up in the morning. And the first thing that comes to my mind is a worship song. This is just an overflow of what's in my heart. I surround myself with Christians who build me up in my faith. We have conversations about God and what we're seeing him do. We encourage one another and build one another up, spurring each other on and to do and be a part of his great plan. I've put into practice over school, uh, praying over school and the day, committing it to him as I walk to school. Now, I only live 0.2 miles away from the school building, so my prayers aren't extensive, but I pray as though he's walking next to me, a normal conversation. There are times that I have and know that I will continue to pray for some of the special needs children that I work with, and I simply ask God um, 
to take care of these precious little souls that they won't be forgotten or get lost behind. And even in thinking about them now, I feel God's heart just compassionate and filled with love and faithfulness for them. But this I know builds my own faith as I'm hearing what my expectations are of the day and how I want to see his kingdom come, how I want to be used by him. Hear me right in this. I'm not expecting God to come into my plan, but I'm expecting to see his plan unfold. I'm always seeing the results. Sometimes these can be instant and in the moment results, but the other times it calls for my persistence in prayer and fasting. I'm still learning to sustain what God has shown me, but again, I have the Holy Spirit who reminds me. So if I have forgotten or just everyday life takes over, he gently prompts me and I have to be put back into action um, and I have to put back into action what he has told me to do. Have I failed in this? No. Does this make me weak? No. Do I judge myself or beat myself up? Maybe a little bit, but I know that I don't need to do this because I trust the guidance of the Holy Spirit and stand on the fact that he wants me to partner with him in seeing his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And this is what I live for. So I reflect on the day as there are times that I feel that I have done nothing regarding the purposes of God and don't think I've seen his kingdom being advanced. But this simply is not true. As just from me being myself, I trust that he always shines through me and that there are people on the outskirts simply watching and listening because people are always watching and listening. I allow myself to be corrected by him and apologize when I perhaps haven't demonstrated love to people around me. Now, this is a hard one, going to a non-Christian and saying sorry and asking for their forgiveness. Mostly they look at you and think, what a weirdo who even does that these days. But again, this is simply an overflow of who we are and the kingdom of God and how only this demonstrates further to them that Jesus truly isn't far away, that you don't have to be perfect to be a Christian. This is a light to those who feel that they're not good enough and there's things that God couldn't possibly forgive. So there are moments when the the Holy Spirit prompts me to move and I'm utterly terrified. It can be something that he's directing me to say or even an act. I'm mostly scared of what the person's reaction may be, but there's a greater fear in me that doesn't want to rob that person of freedom. From this fear, I take courage and move in boldness to share whatever it is. My heart can be beating, hands shaking, quite a lot like now, Um, but I know that there is a greater calling and outcome to what God is giving me the privilege of partnering with him in. This is an ultimate time of faith for me. So I want to share with you a quick story um, of a little boy that I worked with for the last six months, uh, six weeks before the, the summer holidays. I wasn't working in his classroom when we found out that he'd been diagnosed with, by the doctors with cancer. It was reported that he had a, a lump on the side of his body that was sticking out. It was visible. Um, I immediately began praying for him at home. I didn't know who he was or what he even looked like, but I know that my faithful God does. So when I then began working in his class, which I totally believe was God moving me, um, he was still very, very poorly. He would come into school and walk straight through the classroom and take himself into the side room, which was a dark room with cushions and blankets, just nice and cosy. Um, He would stay in that side room all day. He would come out for lunch times and go to the toilets pretty much. But I had a snippet of a moment where I was able to follow him in and show him gentleness and love just by simply tucking him in. 
I stood on what God had told us to do by laying my hands on him and asking Jesus to take the sickness away. I didn't fully know what was wrong with him, and as I hadn't heard it directly from the doctor, but I know that there is a spiritual warfare going on. So I spoke into that in tongues, knowing that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And as God searches our hearts, he knows the mind of the Holy Spirit. So from following these simple directions, I trusted God that he would do the rest. A few weeks later, after seeing a complete change in him, he was now running into the classroom and up to me and hugging me saying, good morning, Beth, going outside with his peers and playing alongside them, barely going into the side room anymore. And he was actually having a shot at his education. I asked the teacher if she'd heard back from all the scans that he'd been having during those weeks that I'd been praying. And she just blase turned to me and said, oh, yes, I spoke to his mum. She said that the cancer's gone. So because of the God that saves, heals, loves, provides, and all the rest that he is, my encouragement to you today is to trust in his timing. Cast off the burden of paving your own way to an impactful life. Take time to be a carrier of love, peace, and joy by resting in his amazing presence and getting to know his heart. Allow his perspective of patience to become your perspective. May you be filled with peace and joy in the knowledge of your God's great love for you so that you may overflow. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>